You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There's like, uh, and I'm not a statistician or anything, but there's like 8 billion people in the world. So how am I supposed to know who my neighbor is? There's a lot of people out there. Who's my neighbor? Who am I supposed to love? It's very important. It's the second commandment. We've got to know who our neighbor is. So here's three ways I'd love to share with you a reflection of people in your life who are your neighbor, how to love them. The first one is strangers. Those little coincidences. Every single day of the people you had no intention of, of meeting or have them come into your life, but they happen all the time. It might be the person checking out your groceries at the grocery store or serving you a meal at a restaurant or someone you just walk past on the street. These individuals who you come across, you have the opportunity to be Christ to them, to see Christ in them. And in that, brothers and sisters, we recognize the Holy Spirit being alive in our daily interactions. Like I said, there's billions of people in the world what are the odds that this person would be the person that you meet? Yeah, you could say, oh, it's just nothing. Or God put them in your life for you to share the joy of the gospel. It's a rough year out there. I don't need to tell you. People are hurting. People are going through difficult times. You might have experienced it yourself. But there's some of those people out there, they don't have, they don't have the joy of the gospel to hold on to. They're hanging on by the strings. And a simple smile or a warm gesture, recognizing their humanity, recognize them as a fellow son or daughter of Christ, can make a huge difference in someone's life. The Holy Spirit can work through that. It's amazing. The second group is the people that we spend a lot of time with. Our colleagues, our friends, our classmates. You know, I'm teaching at the school. I teach sixth grade on Thursdays, and I go over there. And a number of times I've said to them, you know, like, do you know how, what are the odds that we ended up here together? You know how blessed we are to be together? Not just that you have Father Claydar teaching you. And just not that. But the fact that we're, you know, 24, 25 of us in a room, the odds of that, when you start to think of it, it's crazy. One, each of us had to have ancestors at some point, most likely, who had to come to this country and make that trip, act of courage. Then you think about grandparents coming together and they could have met all these other people and the parents coming together and you know, saying yes to life, bringing their children to, to St. Charles, choosing to make that sacrifice to send them to St. Patrick's and you know me, all the different things that led me to being a priest. There's 105 different parishes in the Diocese of Rockford, yet... I'm here at St. Patrick's. And here we are, I'm teaching sixth grade, we're together. That's in, the odds are astronomical. That's amazing. And they seem to look at me kind of the same way that you're looking at me right now, like, who cares? <laughs> that is an incredibly beautiful thing to think about. The fact is that when you're with your colleagues, when you're with your classmates, your friends, Again, there's so many people in the world that you could spend time with. Yet these are the individuals whose God has placed in your life. There's a certain opportunity there. Really a responsibility that the Holy Spirit is inputting in your life to love them. But to recognize that what we do here on Sundays 
doesn't end here. Go forth. The mass has ended. What are we just go? Were we going to have dinner? No. We got to talk about Jesus. We got to talk about the joy of the most important thing of our life. These aren't just random coincidences, but beautiful opportunities. And the third one, the third group is the one that often uh, we end up in confession over. It's our family. Our parents, our children, our husbands and wives. You know, other than that, you don't get to choose who your kids are. You don't get to choose who your parents are. And God has ordained them to be a part of your life, for better or for worse, for the entirety of your life. That's a beautiful thing. And yes, there's so many different aspects that are beautiful about family, but one of them is we help each other get to know more about our Lord, to grow in our faith. Of course, we realize that parents have the responsibilities to, to pass on the faith to their kids. It's parents' job to form them in the ways of the faith so that one day they can choose Christ as their own, to one day be saints. You know, there's this beautiful relationship that we have with our parents. It's why the fourth commandment is honor your father and mother. Could have been, I mean, not killing people is pretty important. But our Lord says, no, before that, honor your father and mother. Because we recognize that as children, as we go to our parents, we're totally dependent on them. We need everything from our parents. And that same way it begins for us what should be throughout our entire life of us going to God the Father. To us being able to go to Him and saying, without you, I can't do anything. I need you. And in that honoring and respecting, we get to understand what it means to be loved and, and provided for and protected by our parents. The same way that God the Father loves us and provides for us, and protects us. But there's definitely two sides of this coin. Parents, how often have your kids said something that was just so profound it just left you in the jaw on the ground? To realize that the gifts of the Holy Spirit through baptism and receiving our Lord and confirmation, they can teach you a lot about your faith. The Lord has put your children in your lives, your spouses in your life, your parents in your life, all of us to enter into that tension. And yes, we're going to mess up. And yes, we're going to drive each other crazy. And yes, we're going to have to go to confession. But that's the beauty of it. To keep allowing ourselves to be formed in this beautiful harmony that is the craziness of the family and realize that the Holy Spirit is there. The Holy Spirit is there the same way we're walking down the street, the street and can see someone and allow them to realize the love that God has for them through a simple human gesture. The Holy Spirit is alive in our friendships. The Holy Spirit is alive in our ability to spread the joy of the gospel to our colleagues, even the ones who drive us crazy and wish we never had to see them again. The Lord put them in your life, and that is a beautiful thing. Brothers and sisters, these are not very deep things I'm talking about, but sometimes... It's the most simple things that we often overlook. We need to love our family. We need to honor our parents. We need to realize that sometimes our kids, the Holy Spirit is working through them 
to even continue to form our hearts. Once our heart gets to a point, a point where it's like, I know everything, there's no room to grow there. And we're either growing towards Christ or away from him. There's no plateau in the faith life. So brothers and sisters, of course we want to do this greatest commandment that our Lord said, to love the Lord your God with all our hearts, with all our souls, with all our minds. But to do this, we need to love our neighbor. We need to love those random people that God so beautifully puts in our life. To spread the joy to our classmates and our colleagues and our friends. And to love our family. And in that, the Lord will grow our heart, expand our ability to give, but more importantly, for us to receive the love that he has for us. So as we receive our Lord in the Eucharist today, ask him to show you how to expound your ability to love. 